Who looks up at the infinite night sky and says, Nope, it's all right here, under my feet. That's it. I can't imagine thinking that way. How do we, how do we go on with the idea that we're the only life on any of the planets? I mean, there's 10 to the 24th number of stars out there, right? And, you know, there's trillions of galaxies, and each of those are billions of stars, or trillions of stars. So, yeah, that's that's a whole lot of potential. And in the tiny little sliver of the night sky we have looked at, we've spotted roughly 8,000 exoplanets that are within the star's Goldilocks zone. And that's really, really promising um, when you consider that as... Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson pointed out many times that we, all life, all life on this planet is made from three of the four most abundant things in the entire universe, hydrogen, oxygen, and carbon, carbon being uh, the most chemically fertile of all the elements. And then, you know, right below it is silicone, and that that's really, really high up there too. There's a lot of that. So... For the conditions to exist right here like they do on Earth, elsewhere in the universe, isn't an infinitesimal probability. It's actually, well, it's probable, right? It's highly probable that there's other planets out there approximately our size from the right distance of the star that are made up of the same three basic things, four basic things, and a lot of other things too, and there's probably just as many of them out there that have that balance just wrong, and there won't be life. And that seems to be likely also. However, I think it's, uh, it, it really needs to be considered how much we keep expanding and exploring our unit, our our Earth, right, and discovering how much more of the planet life actually inhabits from you know uh, geothermal vents under the ocean with um, organisms that don't live off of sunlight, but they actually live off of thermal energy, and uh, other places where there's bacteria. I know, I know. Bacteria, it's not really life, it's totally life. Um, live in acidic, caustic, toxic pools and they eat, you know, all sorts of crazy things. Like in Chernobyl, in fucking Chernobyl, there is moss that's feeding off the radiation there. That's crazy. Like, life really does find a way in the craziest ways. So there's things out there that we wouldn't even recognize as life that, um, would technically be life even once we had the the ability to understand it you know once we had a further grasp of exactly how much and how many different ways that life can exist um to find out you know so you might know this by now because you clicked on it this is the unstoppable podcast and i am bill unstoppa and off into space we go today um these other planets out there and these other forms of life, which I don't know that they are, right? I just think that it is an incredibly high potential for them to exist out there. I, I can't see any sort of factors that exist that would prevent 
it from popping up in other places in the universe. You could even go full-on religion with it, right? And unless you want to go full flat earth, because, oh man, like I can't do the flat earth thing. Like you gotta, you got to really do some mental gymnastics to, to buy that off. I mean, you know, your cell phone work, right? Your cell phone works fine. You believe that science, but you don't believe that the earth is round. And that all the satellites out there are just lamps in the sky, I don't know, like uh, the glass dome over the earth, I don't know what the fuck is it, well, okay, let's just look at it this way, um, right, why would we build cell phone towers and radio towers so damn high if it wasn't to overcome the arc of the earth's surface, right, uh, a cell phone tower that is, as long as it was taller than the nearest object, it would have an unrestricted range because it's, it's light, right it tra it's electromagnetic energy it travels at the speed of fucking light and the only thing that stops it is matter right matter gets in the way and it, it obscures it so that's ridiculous unless the matter obstructing it was literally the surface of the earth itself which means that the earth would have to be <gasps> round I know I know I know but okay so here's another little thought on that right so the distance from the Earth to the Sun, according to the flat Earth, is like 3,000 miles. But yet, you can't see the Sun at night. Well, why can't you see it at night? Where It goes down below the horizon. It just kind of vanishes past the 3,000-mile mark. So then tell me this, right? It gets dark on the west coast three hours before it does on the east coast. That's right at the 3,000 mile mark. That's not the 3,500 mile mark, but it's dark in the Midwest before it's dark on the west coast, which means that people in the Midwest should be able to see the sun that late at night because it's only 1,400, 1,500 miles. That doesn't add up. Like, it's basic fucking math. You should be able to see it at night because the surface, the distance between those areas isn't far enough to cross. You know, like the uh, the complete lack of rationality there is just ridiculous. So blasting off from the flat Earth surface back into the cosmos, uh, you know, there's always the the idea of well, okay, if there's so much life out there, so much potential for life out there, why haven't we found it? Well, we haven't looked at that much of the night sky, or the daytime sky, right? It's hard to look at the stars with the sun blinding you. Um, but all jokes aside, we haven't looked at very much of the sky. It's it's huge, right? We've got 360 by three to by 360 angles of which we need to inspect to to look at the whole universe and see what's out there. But that still that's that's huge like that shouldn't even be necessary right if there's as many planets that we've found already in the night sky some of these should be older than our earth and you know had ample time for more advanced uh civilizations to have popped up and maybe even came and visited and as you know with the um, declassification of those videos from the navy well it was the air force uh yeah, there's definitely UFOs out there. Now, I don't say that those are necessarily aliens, but they're definitely unfucking identified and they're objects and they're flying. So, you know, UFOs confirmed, get over it. That said, 
maybe those aren't aliens. Maybe those are, you know, super hyper advanced um, aircraft. I doubt it. But, I mean, you know, human-made aircraft of earthly origin. But I think more the reason why we don't see traffic jams of alien commuters in our sky is because in order to pass by us and to be interstellar species, they have to travel faster than the speed of light, which means you're not going to be able to track it with the naked eye. Probably can't track it with a camera. You can't follow a bullet with your naked eye. You think you can track an object zooming across the sky at, at beyond light speed? You can't even do the math to represent beyond light speed. And maybe it's not even traveling faster than light speed in a way that we comprehend, but maybe it's using quantum physics to manipulate the um, fabric of space itself and jumping from place to place. And you can't grasp that. And we can't pick up their signals, right? Because that's the other one is, well, how come it's so quiet out there? How come there's not radio signals blaring to us from other places in the universe? Well, maybe, maybe they're moved beyond this primitive electromagnetic form of communication because they've learned how to be interstellar species. And by the time the message got to who they send it to, they could have already been there and delivered the message in alien them damn selves. And then waited a couple thousand years for their slow-ass telephone call to come and ring. They could call themselves on the space phone, right, or on their cell phone, zoom to the nearest planet, you know, the nearest star, and sit down, make a cup of coffee, take a deuce, and answer the phone call that they sent themselves. That right there that's what you call a class one civilization when you can call yourself from the past zip to the future and get that phone call while you're dropping a toosie on the toilet so yeah I can't fathom the idea that we're the only thing out there it just it's so improbable maybe there aren't other more advanced civilizations maybe, maybe we're the oldest we might be the oldest from our perspective we're in the center of the universe and that seems unlikely because well the universe has been around so long how likely is it that we're in the dead center of it you know well just as likely as it is that we are in the center of the solar system which we are not we orbit the sun the earth doesn't orbit the sun doesn't orbit the earth as once thought what it means is that what we see is the edge of light that has reached our planet from the edges of the universe, right? That's how much has reached us. So if we were to be able to teleport forward in time, right, break that speed of light, zoom to the horizon, well, maybe there's another 13 billion years of light that have reached that point. We don't know that. We can't know that until we get there or build better telescopes or wait another 13.8 billion years. So that's how that's going to have to play out. In other news, though, garter snakes have friends. Yeah, you heard me right. Snakes, but garter snakes, like the little striped ribbon-looking things, not the same thing as a ribbon snake. It's a garter snake, but they have friends. They make buddies. You see them pile up in these big uh, dens for winter, and then spring they come popping out of holes in big masses. So this researcher took the garter snakes and through them, uh, he marked them. He took the little clumps of garter snakes out of uh, 
his breeding facility, I think it was. I think it was a breeding facility. I don't believe that they were wild-caught snakes. And put a colored dot on all the groups that were gathered up inside of his enclosure. And then he moved them to a brand new enclosure and scrubbed it of all scent of smell, right? So he scrubs it before I put them in there, right? It's very hard to scrub snakes. They do not appreciate it at all. Believe me, I have tried. I got a lot of snakes. Um, so they scrub this enclosure out, put all new you know, substrate in so they have no scent of familiarity. And all the snakes with the matching dots went and gathered up. So all the snakes with red dots gathered with snakes with other red dots and all the snakes with white and all the snakes with blue and so on and so forth. And I think what we learn from this is that snakes are racist and they play favorites to dots. Or maybe they've the sense of smell of each other of their buddies. But, you know, hey, it's a hot topic. You know, racist garter snakes, they, uh, they're very judgmental. Watch out for them. If you're not a garter snake... You are not their friend. And if you're not one of their click garter snakes, man, you're on the outside. And, uh, you know, you're not cool enough into the club, dude. Not garter snake cool. You're not red dot garter snake cool. So get the fuck out of here with your COVID ass. So COVID ass, COVID masks. Man, everybody is so conflicted about the mask thing. You know, government's not going to tell me what to do with my face. I ain't wearing no goddamn Burka? No. You know, some of y'all should be wearing burkas because you ugly. You just fucking ugly, man. Cover that mug up. A small one would be like that. You and your meth mouth. No. <laughs> uh, so, why wear a mask? Well, I think that it's probably a good idea to wear it. And the reason why is because I do believe that. With freedoms comes responsibilities, right? You have to be able to balance between the two. You have the freedom to be whatever kind of jackass idiot you want, but you need to have the responsibility to know when to exercise that right. That's the whole trick, okay? And so I understand the concern that the government is really making some really bold-ass moves. I say the government as in you know the whole federal thing. Um, they're always going to do that. We can get into that a whole nother time. But specifically, you know, the smaller municipalities and some of the bigger ones like, uh, oh God, what is the Houston judge's name? I can't remember her name right now. But anyhow, you know, making big power grabs and by fiat declaring that you will go to jail under emergency powers um, if you don't wear a mask in public. Well, so yeah, that's that's kind of, poking the, the hornet nest there and asking for Asian whore hornets to come hornets to come sting you in the butt and uh, that's that's kind of the thing but the reason why you should wear a mask I believe is that because you have you know particulate spray when you speak and breathe and laugh and cough and sneeze and these all scatter around all over around you and surfaces and they become standing sources of secondary contamination that you know some other bystander could accidentally walk by touch and then in their um, lapse of discipline touch their face scratch their face like right we're sweaty you're, you're itchy and you know or maybe just the allergies are bugging you and your nose itches and you reach up and you scratch your nose and son of a bitch you are infected with the vid you got it now 
you're gonna get the defib from the vib or something like that uh, so I think that's probably a pretty good reason why that people should do this on the flip side of that coin though I also understand that there's also a slightly increased chance that people will touch their face more adjusting these masks because they're hot and uncomfortable but for anybody who wants to doubt the validity of wearing a mask as a potential limiter to the distance of which germs are spread do you think it's rude when people don't cover their nose when they sneeze or cough in your face with their hands right everybody knows that you should cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze why well because you spread fucking germs duh every kindergartner knows this or should know it if they your kindergartners don't know this teach them that right now just pull them aside and say hey cover your nasty little petri dish of a face up when you fart out of it okay I'm glad we had this talk class on the other side of that right so you got all the heat and the especially here in Houston we got all the uh, the humidity you know today's been beautiful got all this May weather this crazy crazy weather that we're having it's hot and it's cold it's yes and it's no um, there, there's a larger potential that you're gonna you know adjust that mask or it's gonna fog up your glasses and you can't see I mean like those are real problems so you know uh, by day I, I run a big production facility and you know the people in there we try to get them to wear masks as much as possible and there's times when they're working and they got to make a choice between covering their face and being able to see what they're doing and at that point you know your, your visual acuity takes priority you know because the risk of immediate severe injury is heightened a lot like exponentially like it, it would be ridiculous to choose the mask over your vision and of course you know some of the guys ruin their safety glasses and I gotta get them for that but you know th there's times to choose this how to do it right I think there was a article about a restaurant owner who was telling his employees that they're not allowed to cover their face with a mask I mean why would you not want to practice improved server hygiene in a time of you know increased risk for exposure to potentially lethal pathogens uh, no to me that that's that's a bit crazy you know it's it's irresponsible it's taking your rights and putting them above your responsibility and rights always should always trump everything but at the same time like you know be responsible like prove to the world that you know these rights exist because one we're smart enough to know how to wield them appropriately and that's something that we need to do I think um, you know again I, I understand like the point of civil disobedience nothing nothing no freedoms ever been regained without civil disobedience um, however I don't think that this mask thing is going to be some sort of temporary deal because I'm not going that far down the conspiracy rabbit hole thinking that they're going to get us, you know, completely acclimated to wearing masks 24/7, 365 and use that as an excuse to implement some sort of microchip implanted identifier device, you know, that that they can use RFID chips to track our every moves. That, that shit's already in your phone, dude. It's already in your phone. So if you're worried about that, you know, 
ditch your smartphone, get your flip phone, swap it out every couple weeks for a burner, and you know, cover your ass that way. Of course, that's probably a really good way to end up on a terrorist watch list too, doing that. Which that's a problem all on its own too, is the fact that, you know, to get put on these super secret lists and these no fly lists is you don't even know how you do it. I mean there's a whole plethora of keywords that'll flag a search or that they can use to flag a search, which you know, I, I think I talked about this in one of the other episodes. Um, my idea that, you know, uh, the NSA engines or whatever whatever sort of, you know, search base government data base and server slash search engine will be taking all of this uh, data from all the population of the planet particularly the citizens and you know non-citizens but in, in this case let's say a file for just citizens and then compare it to all the uh, currently existing laws yada 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 and you know create the dossier on each and every person who's ever broke a law and speaking of ever broke a law like you think oh hell I got nothing to worry about I don't break laws I'm a law-abiding citizen like you don't know that you don't fucking know that because if you go to court right now for something you know for a traffic ticket or let's say some misdemeanor like not wearing a mask you're going to get a lawyer. Why are you going to get a lawyer? Because you don't know the fucking law. The cop that arrested you doesn't know all the laws. you know. And, and the prosecutor that's going to prosecute you probably knows enough of the law, but hopefully he doesn't know all the laws, so that way your attorney hopefully knows more of the laws than your prosecutor knows, so you can get off the fucking charges. So that brings me to a point. There is a book... It is called Three Felonies a Day, and it was written by a former prosecutor for the FBI, or the, a federal prosecutor. I don't want to say the FBI, because I don't think they actually prosecute people. Um, okay, I cheated. I had to pause it and uh, look up the author's name. I actually have this book in my collection, but it is... Um, oh, God. L. Gordon Corvitz. You commit three felonies a day. Laws have become too vague, and the concept of intent has disappeared. And that's basically the summary of it. And he goes through... It is a dry read. He goes through case after case and example and legal comparison. So, you know, if you're somebody somewhat versed in law or an actual lawyer, you probably already read it. But this guy covers a lot, and it's horrifying the depths of which the... You know, the burden of proof and um, intent of, uh, of illegal intent is just completely forgotten about or ignored, really. It's ignored. And people are maliciously prosecuted just for the sake of adding some stars to their resume. You know, they, they want to put some notches in their belt so that way when they are tired of being a prosecutor, they can run for judge on how fucking tough they were on crime and how much stuff they put away. Because, you know, they run on that. They don't care about the circumstances that allowed them to convict you outside of how they can use it again to get another conviction that's going to make them look so much better. Okay, so, sorry, forgot to turn the cell phone down while this was going on. Uh... So, there it is. Cat's out of the bag. I got a life outside of this table, outside of this podcast. I don't just exist solely on the internet. Which brings me to my conspiracy theory about the internet. That when you look at these Instagram chicks and you look at all the, or any chick, any chick at all, there are no women on the internet. They're all creepy old comic book store fat 
guys with receding hairlines and ponytails pretending to be actual women. And I can say this because I've never actually met a woman. Probably. I mean, not online anyway. I have to actually leave the house to meet a woman, you know. Uh, there's the, the two that live with me, my wife and daughter, but they don't count. Those are, you know, those are actual people, and I don't believe that they even have online accounts because that would be foolish and against my conspiracy theory. And just know that I'm on to you, comic book store guys all over the world. You're creepy, and you're not fooling anyone with your Instagram chick accounts. You, you Photoshop those photos because that ain't real. One of the things that popped into my head, um, well, it was a, didn't just pop into my head, right? There was a whole series of circumstances and events that led me to this ponderance. Um, and it, a lot of people are thinking about it right now. It was the whole payroll protection loan thing that's going on. And uh, one of the really big companies that I work with, um, all these companies are applying for loans, right? Because you know, if you get shot down for the loan, it's no big deal. But then there is this rule that says you have to have, you know, it's for small businesses, and small businesses defined by less than 500 employees at a facility. Like, 500 employees at a facility is not a small business. Like, that's a big, fucking thriving business. And that's a lot of damn people. And so, one of the companies I work with cut half their workforce so they could qualify. And I was like, man, you know. And then there's these terms to it that doesn't have to be pay. It could be the what is it? The uh, you you can delay the payback on. It. I don't I don't remember what the financial terminology is for this. I am not a finance guy, so if I sound completely retarded, the reason is because I am. Like, I know I'm not supposed to say retarded, but yeah, I am a hundred percent just behind the curve on you know the financial inner workings of big banks and uh, um, you know especially stock markets and tradings and stuff like that like I, I gotta spend some time learning about that I spend the rest of my time reading about you know science and uh, legal aspects which you know I don't know how you how you navigate your way through this world not knowing that much about finance and this is probably why I feel like you know I get raped by the bank every time I deal with them, or any sort of lender. So I just don't take out loans for shit unless I absolutely have to. Like I don't have any credit cards. Like I, I just, I've had some in the past, pay them off, and then like I just don't touch them again. It's like okay, if I can't afford it, I just don't buy it. And uh, you know that's just how I try to operate all the time. I could probably do better if I did. If I wanted to spend more time thinking about, you know, what's coming in, what's going out, and uh, you know, I know everybody prioritizes their. Um, their life differently, you know. I know some people that just they don't give a hot shit and they're just gonna do what they do all the time and then other people who spend their every waking moment just or you know, at least every every action they make, they consider the financial implications, consequences and potentials for it. And those people are what I like to call smarter than me. Um I wish I was one of those guys. Uh the guy I work for <laughs> you know very well off, very practical, but he's the, also the kind of guy, you know, who has the money to buy and sit on a couple hundred thousand dollar engines and wait for, uh, you know, a customer to need them, but will also 
you know, compare the price of mustard at a grocery store and make sure that he's not buying the too expensive one. And has been known to clip coupons. So there's there's a lot of different types of, of people out there. And it kind of got me thinking about, you know, life and how you spend it. And <clears throat> you are spending life. You know, we like to think we spend money and we spend time. Well, time is life, right? So you can spend money or you can spend time. Or you can spend time on your money. And most of the time, that's going to pay off for you. But then there's these people that do all this. And like, man, I saw a lot of this. Um, guys that plan to retire, but they didn't take real good care of themselves. And they died and you know left their kids some cash. And that was great, you know, for the for the kids. But they were all grown older kids who, you know, had plenty for themselves. And... <clears throat> didn't didn't really need any help and so I like to hope that at least those kids took that inheritance and you know gave a good proper burial for these guys but went on vacation and spent some time with their fucking kids and family you know that they didn't just reinvest it in, in business and tools or, or you know into just turn it into more money because you know, you can't take it with you when you die. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I want to be very wealthy. Like, that would be great. Like, who doesn't want to be, you know, pretty wealthy? I do, but I also don't want to be like this Jeff Bezos type mentality where you are just so incredibly, relentlessly focused and obsessive about finding ways to just gather up every bit of cash on the planet I, I don't know like what could I do with you know a hundred billion dollars that I can't do with 99 billion dollars I don't I can't think of nothing I'm not that of creative though maybe that's why I don't have a hundred billion dollars because I can't figure out what the fuck I would do with 99 billion dollars I mean one billion dollars and I would be pretty damn happy shit give me a cold beer and a Big Mac right now I'm pretty happy uh you know, simple man, simple times. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, there's, there's a whole bunch to the, you know, what you prioritize in life that makes me just kind of wonder if that dude who lives super simple and just, you know, he's watches his sports on the weekend, you know, does his nine to five and. Uh, the rest of the time just chills the fuck out and kind of enjoys life with the family or whatever it is that he enjoys. Maybe he's sitting in a boat fishing on a bank and uh, that's it. You know, like that's that's the good life. Maybe that is a good life. You know, and I know uh, Joe Rogan had a guy who did that um, book on the Comanches on and I listened to that and I need to read that book but they were talking about how awesome the, uh, the Comanche lifestyle was if you weren't a Comanche, because, you know, if you weren't a Comanche, the Comanches were going to Comanche the shit out of you. And that's not good for you if you're not a Comanche. And if you don't know what that means, like, you should learn something about the Comanches, because they were not nice. Uh, but at one point in time, they're like, there's this little window between when they are boys and they are men, you know, like an adolescent stage. And manly, uh, manhood came very early for primitive cultures like that but these kids had almost no rules stopping them they just ran around and rode horses and hunt and 
played all day and fished. I don't know if they fished. Honestly, I don't know that much. But right, you get the idea. They were just completely burdenless creatures outside of their carnal needs, outside of their physical needs for sustenance and um, you know shelter. Like that was it. They were not slaves to anything. Now, you know, of course, they lived short lives and died horrible deaths many of the times. But, you know, the time that they were alive, you can bet they were really, really fucking alive. They never sat there in a cubicle wondering what the, where the fuck they went wrong. They never sat there, you know, laying down at night and just dreading the next day, getting up and doing the whole damn thing over again. They just went out. They had a blast and loved it every second until they got dysentery and died. Game over, guys. Game over. Have a good one. Catch you next time.